Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon, and uh, today I am talking with Moshe Amsel. And uh, Moshe's a, uh, he, he's a business owner out in the New York area. He's a, uh, a coach. He works with attorneys, business owners, runs a CPA. Firm. He's just got a lot of things going on, but he's got a really neat process in place and a great vision and mission of where uh, he's going, but where he can take other people. So Moshe, thank you so much uh, for, for being here. It's my absolute pleasure, Michael. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it's an honor to be invited onto a show. So I appreciate uh, the opportunity. And I, I hope that something that we share today helps somebody out there. Uh, and folks, if anything that we share is something that resonates with you, make sure to share this episode with somebody else. That's how podcasts grow. And Michael might not, you know, he, he might not tell you to do that. But the reality is, is that if each one of you shared this episode, he'd double his listener base on this episode immediately. So, and of course, I've got a phone ringing in the background. Um, hopefully that'll get answered right away. I forgot to put the phone on. Do not disturb. That's okay. So. That's the beauty of live, man. It's okay. Um, so let, let's, uh, I, I'm going to, instead of doing the, the bio, reading your bio and introducing you, I'm just going to let you do that honor. Give us just a snapshot. You grew up in an entrepreneurial family and things, but uh, tell us just a snapshot who you are, how you got to where you're going and, and uh, who do you work with? Yeah. So I, I, you know, for me, it, there is no snapshot because, oh my gosh, this is like, there's so much to talk about, but I'll try to just give you the, the real highlighted bullet points. Growing up, my dad was a serial business owner starter, but he never figured out how to hire employees and grow his business beyond himself. So we had all kinds of things going on in our basement. Uh, we, we had a flower shop at one point. We had a gold refinery. We had a, um, uh, we had a, a um, uh, what's it called? A, a, um, he would buy, he would buy things that were like, no, nobody's buying anymore. So like right. they're, they're dumping it and he would buy all the inventory. And then we would take it apart to try to figure out why weren't people buying this and repackage it and then resell it. Um, so for, like there was a board game that we opened it up and had no instructions. And we're like, well, of course, nobody's playing this game because there's no instructions. So we made up our own game. Wrote, wrote an instruction book, repackaged the box, and then he was able to sell the, you know, the few thousand boxes of games that he had bought. Um, but throughout that process, I was always involved in, in the work, right? I was, um, I, you know, I was, I was packaging up the game boxes. I was helping him refine, refine gold. Uh, he would come with these garbage bags of glasses, believe it or not, back, back then, um, glasses had a little tiny sliver of gold to keep them from breaking apart. And he would melt down all these glasses to get one little tiny nugget of, of gold. Uh, but a ton of lessons there growing up and just, just on, there's so much opportunity out there and you don't have to, you don't have to be, you don't have to know anything. You don't have to, you, you could just go out there and you can figure out a way to, to make money. Uh, the other thing that I had happen is my grandfather came from Nazi Germany. He was 11 years old, lost his entire family. He came with his father, his mother, his twin siblings. They, they perished in the Holocaust. And 
they had nothing and they built from nothing to starting a business. And from that business, they ended up buying a piece of real estate on the West side of Manhattan. And that piece of real estate created, as you can imagine, significant wealth in the family where he turned around and he gave every single one of his 36 grandchildren uh, the down payment for their first home purchase. And he also helped put us and our children through um, through private school. So I grew up Jewish Orthodox, uh, where parochial school is the norm. Uh, and it's not cheap. So that's a burden that we carry. Um, and I was able to get help with that, you know, through this wealth that he created. And that really opened my eyes to this possibility that if I can help other people create this kind of wealth where they can change their generations in the future, um, how, how much of an impact would that have on this world? And what's interesting is, is that I had a 20-year career in the IT industry, and I was really good at what I did, but I realized that it wasn't, I wasn't changing lives. Like it didn't feel fulfilling to me. That's not really why I wasn't put on this earth for, to do that. And I realized that there's something better in store for me. And that's really my purpose right now is to pursue this mission of empowering uh, all people with wealth creation so that this and future generations can lead a better life. Uh, and that's really where my dream builder financial business started. And I started as an accountant, uh, Yes, I changed careers from IT to, to accounting, but really it was more to do business advisory services to help people grow their business so they can start to create wealth from that. Um, and I quickly found that even though I, I was teaching this and I knew it, I need to niche down somewhere. And I happened to attract some, some law firms uh, in that process. And it just became obvious to me that they were a, a target market that really needed help when it came to understanding their business operations. They're professionals, they're educated, but they never went to business school. They just, you know, they, they went to law school. So it was a great opportunity for me to step in and say, okay, I can help this industry. And my brand Profit with Law was born from that. Uh, it's, it's brand new. I mean, we started in 2018. So uh, at least Profit with Law started in 2018, um, but we just hosted our second Law Firm Growth Summit, a, an online virtual conference. Yes, the first one was done pre-COVID. I actually was, I, 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 I predicted a pandemic and, and did a virtual conference before, uh, before virtual conferences were required. Uh, but no, I had no idea that was coming. I just, I realized that the industry had a norm and I was going to do everything to go against the norm. Uh, and one of the norms was everybody goes to conferences for their education, which excludes people who can't go to conferences. They're too busy. They can't afford it, things like that. So I created a virtual conference that was free. And what's crazy is, is that we just hosted our second one, 2,300 people in attendance to that event. Um, and also from that event, you know, my coaching business, I, this was the first, I, I have a $7,000 90-day program that I sell. And this was the first time that I sold it from stage um, and, and picked up eight clients from that, you know? So at the back end of it, uh, brought in another 50, $60,000, uh, which was, I had been selling it one-on-one -on -one before that. Like I was doing a free coaching session, spend an hour with somebody. And then at the end of it, sell them on, on the services. And here I was able to uh, figure out how to do one-to-many, how to, you know, sell it from stage and get them to, to buy it there. Uh, so really a lot of the opportunity that gets created is just from realizing that 
hey, if I try something and see what happens, I might be pleasantly surprised. Yes. And people are yeah. too afraid to try something because they're afraid of what if it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I just ask you, what if it does work? That's right. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the what ifs. Well, what if this and what if who knows? We'll figure that out when we get there. Take a step, run, and you're, you're never a failure. You're, you know, triumph starts with try. And if you're going to win, you've got to just try it out there. And I mean, honestly, most, most things that we do in business, they're not going to bankrupt us, right? You might lose a few thousand dollars, but you're going to learn a lesson. It's going to help you down the road. And that's really cool. Let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you've got, you, you just landed some things that were really, really important, I think, is um, well, your dad didn't figure out how to hire people. And so I always mm -hmm. tell people, your business is not going to grow larger than your own shadow unless you learn how to delegate and equip other people. And most business owners, I say, aren't business owners. They have a really nice paying job because when they get hit by the truck or have the heart attack, their business dies. And that's not a business. And so I'm a big proponent of building a business with systems and people and processes. And mm -hmm. um, but changing Sound like Michael lines, Gerber. I, well, it very much is. Yeah, the email. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about you. I want to I want to unpack your your program that you work attorneys through. You've got this 90 day focus. I want to talk just a mm -hmm. bit about that because it's so applicable, not just for attorneys, but for anybody listening of how can you really change your business and, and scale it to be a million dollar business in a relatively short period of time. Give us the highlight of what that program is about and, and how do you structure that? And then we'll, then I want to talk about generational wealth, but let's, let's start here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, here's the deal. It doesn't matter what I'm, I, I work with attorneys, but business is business and it doesn't matter what you're selling. Attorneys are selling legal services. You could be selling lawn mowing services. I don't care what it is. Um, it's the same. We all have the same problems and we all have the same things that we run up against. So understanding that this is for any business. If you look um, deep down inside and question, what is it that I really do every single day? You will find that you are constantly in reactionary mode. I'm always responding to the inputs of the outside world around me and making my decisions based on that. Even financial decisions, you're making based on what you find in your bank account, which is not really the right place to be making decisions from, right? So everything we're doing is in reaction to what's around us, which means that we're like a, 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 um, a, um, uh, what what a pinball right pinball. in a pinball yeah. machine yeah right we're like a pinball in a pinball machine and we're just like bob, bopping around and maybe we hit something and we get 500 points and maybe we fall down in the bottom and we oh we're out we got to get a new ball right and that's how we're going through life and the reality is is that if you don't have a vision of where you want to go you ain't gonna get there or you might get there by happenstance but it, it, it's not gonna be a quick trip Right. So the analogy I use is the GPS, right? You need your GPS needs to know where you are. Right. And you need to know what your destination is in order to be able to map a route. Yep. And I use GPS now, but back in the day, we used maps, right? Maps. I, I remember as a kid, <laughs> I was I was into maps. We, we we live in New York and my my grandmother lived in Toronto. So it's a nine hour drive from New York to Toronto. And we would take that trip twice a year. And I would sit in the back seat with a map and I would map the route and I would tell my father what exits were coming up and stuff like that. So if you don't know where you're headed, 
you can't create the most direct path to get there. Instead, you're going to take detour after detour. You'll go in circles. You might end up back at the starting point over and over again because you you don't know where you're going. So the first step in in the process is identifying what you want Mm. and figuring out how do I go from here to there? Yeah. What is the big, what is, what's the big plan? And I don't mean the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. I mean the one-year plan, yeah. right? So if I'm at a hundred thousand in revenue today and one year from now, I want to be at 500,000 in revenue. Am I just going to let it happen to me? Or am I going to say, okay, if I was doing $500,000 in revenue, what would my marketing look like? Yep. What would my sales process look like? What would my staff look like? What would my technology look like? And if I paint that picture, and now I know that's what I need to be. And now I look at where I am today. I have all the gaps I need to fill. I know how many people I need to hire. I know what pieces of technology I need to bring on. I know what marketing changes I need to make. I know what changes I need to make to my systems and processes, to my sales process. So going through this first step of picking a goal, figuring out what that looks like, and then mapping that out, you don't need a coach. You don't need a rocket scientist. Anybody can do that because you can envision what your business would have to be yeah. if you were at that level. And if you need help figuring out how to do that, very simply take your average pricing for your services, divide that by the amount that you want. So let's say you're like, okay, I want to be at 500,000 in revenue. So I'm, and I sell, I don't know, we'll use the landscaping services example, right? And I sell landscaping services and, and it's $2,000 a client. So I take 5,000 divided by 2,000. And what does that bring me to? 250 clients, Yep. right? I'm sorry, 500,000. Something like so that, yeah. 250 clients, I need 250 clients. Now, if we want to get really granular, we could say, well, then I need to bring on uh, 25 clients a month or 20 clients a month, right? So that's, that's my goal. If I want to strategically get there, I just need to bring in 20 clients a month. And when you break it down like that, all of a sudden, every goal looks easy, yeah. right? Um, but- if you look at it that way, then you're like, okay, if I had 250 clients and I know that my average landscaping team can handle a dozen clients, well, now I know that I need 20 trucks Mm -hmm. and 20 teams. Well, if I only have five right now, I I know what, I know what I need to do to get there. Right. So that's how you break it down and you figure out what does this look like and create a plan. So the first thing to do is to figure out what are the main projects that I need to do to get there. And we break it down into the the main categories, people, uh, technology, marketing, Uh, marketing and sales. I lump together. They're really two completely separate things. Um, So there's marketing, technology, people. Um, and then the last thing is kind of interwoven into it is systems and processes, right? Yeah. So if we look at those main components, we say, what are the major projects I need to do in each of these to get to this end result? Identify those major projects, then look at them and say, okay, what, and this is, this is from the, the book, the one thing, or, or, um, what's the other one? Um, essentialism. So the one thing by Gary Keller and Essentialism, I forget who the the writer is uh, for that book. Both of those books have this basic idea that we we do a ton of work and ton of things to keep busy. But if we look at what we're doing, we can break it down and say, if I did this one thing, it would eliminate the need to do 20 other things. 
So when you're looking at these major projects, you're looking to prioritize these projects so that either they make the next one not necessary or they make the next one easier to do, right? So for example, it wouldn't make sense for me to start bringing on 20 trucks of people to do landscaping if I didn't already have the 250 clients, right? So putting the people and the, the, and the truck acquisition project first doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the same time, I got to figure out how to get to 20 clients a month that I'm bringing in. And then every time I'm bringing in 20 clients, I need to add a truck and I need to add people. So maybe my first project is creating a system around revolve, evolve, evolve, evolving based on the, the success of my marketing and sales efforts so that we can quickly ramp to serve these clients as we bring them in and continue the momentum that we're creating. So you want to order these projects in the right sequence so that you know how they need to be carried out. Yeah. The Man. last part, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You finish that. Then I'm going to jump back in here. That's great. You're, you're just spot on. The last part is really where it's the, this is the money, right? This is planning is great, but if you take the plan, you put it in your drawer and you never look at it again, you got nowhere. It's the execution. It's the taking action, which is where the money is made. So the problem that we have as business owners is we, uh, we allow life to dictate where we go. We allow outside circumstances. And I don't mean, oh gosh, we have somebody sick in the family. I mean, you open your email at 9 a.m. and before you know it, it's 11 because you've been responding to email for two hours and now your entire day is thrown off because you sucked into the email vortex. That's what I mean by reactionary, right? So if you start your day knowing this is the one thing I need to do that's gonna get me to my goal 12 months from now. It's this one task is the only thing I need to do to get me there. And at nine o'clock, when you get into work, that's the first thing you do before you open your email and you do that religiously every single day, you will get to your goal 12 months from now. So how do we, how do we break it down to the fact that I, this is all I need to do today? So what we do is we, we work with quarterly projects. The projects have to be, 90 days is, is the perfect amount of time. 30 days is too short. We're, we're going to feel rushed. We're not going to, we're going to cut corners or we're just simply going to fall off the, the wagon. It's kind of like, I need to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to try to lose 40 pounds in the next 30 days. Seven days in, I'm back to, my, back to what I was doing before, right? Because if I didn't lose 10 pounds in the first seven days, yeah. I'm out. That's right. right. But if I say I'm going to lose 40 pounds in the next 12 months, and I need to lose a quarter of a pound or half a pound a day. I didn't do the math. I don't know what it comes no, out to. But let's say half a pound, a quarter of a pound a day, right? All of a sudden, my first week, I only need to lose two pounds. Yeah. One minor change in my diet, drinking, drinking water, I'll probably lose two pounds. Now I'm motivated. Oh, wow, I lost two pounds. I'm going to keep going, right? So you got to have bite-sized nuggets that you can do every day. So 90 days is really a perfect amount of time. You go longer than 90 days and you lose momentum. You forget, you're like oh my gosh, I'm still working on this project. It's never ending, right? Now, sometimes it's going to go longer than 90 days and that's just the way it is. But generally we try to do a 90 day project. And what we do is we then break it down to three, three main pieces, month one, month two, month three. Then we take the month and we say, okay, let's break this down to four pieces. Week one, week two, week three, week four. All Now all I do is I create that at the beginning of the quarter. And then 
every Monday or every Sunday night or every Friday afternoon, whatever works for you, I have a planning session for, for the next week. This is what I need to accomplish this week. How am I breaking this up into the next five days based on everything else going on so that every day I can wake up in the morning, show up, show up at work and do this thing. And I know that at the end of the week, I will have done my weekly thing, which is now the, the, the step I need to take in my, in my monthly, which is then my quarterly. And I use a tool. I'm going to show it here on video, but this is an audio podcast. This is the action planner. It's a 90 day planner. Um, it's not date based. So you can start at any day for your 90 days. And it literally has this exact system built into the planner. So you can, you can see here on each day, there's basically your top three, you have, these are your three main projects. You basically have your action for those three things. And then beneath it, you have the rest of your to-do items for the day. And essentially what you do is, is you basically fill this out at the beginning of the week for that week and you execute and you make it so easy because these are literally tiny bite-sized tasks that are compiling into this major accomplishment 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour a day, depending on what you're doing. And that's it. And you've moved the needle forward. But if you don't do this, if you don't have this foresight and this planning and this execution style, what's going to happen is, is that, you know, you need to do it. You, you might even have the vision in your mind, but it's always like, oh, well, I didn't get to it today. I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah. And tomorrow it's always tomorrow. That's right. It never gets to today. That's right. That's right. Um, man, <laughs> you hit so many things there, Moshe. Uh, I love the email vortex. That's funny. Um, dictates, uh, outside, we let outside circumstances dictate our direction. We get sucked yep. into the email vortex. The one thing, I've got my planner here. I don't know if you can see it, but what's well, right here? What's my one yep. thing today? Because I've read the one thing, it, it radically changed how I think. And that process is so, so many times we think success is just tons of discipline and there's discipline involved. But when you break it down to, okay, I've got an hour a day that I'm going to work on my big one thing and I'm going to execute that and get it done. And now I can take care of all the other things. It's amazing how much progress you can make because you're leveraging, you're going after high priority things. The other thing I want to talk about earlier is going back to the lawn care. Right. Mm -hmm. They have this vision to build this bigger business and it, it could work for attorneys or financial. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You've got a vision to grow. What happens I've seen many times is, is somebody will grow and they're going to say, I'm going to wait until I hit this revenue mo um, number. Then I'm going to hire people. Mm -hmm. you, the reality is if, if you're if your number to hire somebody, you don't wait till 500,000. Right. You wait mm -hmm. till maybe you hit 250, but really you need to start hiring them at 225 so that you can. It's this it's this tug of war that happens is I produce more. Now I got to hire people. So I stop producing to hire people and it's going back and forth. And there's a there's a formula. There's a there's a, a, a way to to get ahead of the hiring curve so that you can continue to scale and scale even faster because you don't wait till you hit that ceiling to hire somebody. That is, and that's right. what a lot of business owners do. And then they get stymied because they're like, oh, oh I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do anything. I can't take on any more clients. It, it, it's proper planning, which is what you're helping them to do in all these areas to go, I'm going to grow. I'm going to hire. I'm going to train. I'm going to grow. I'm going to hire. I'm going to train. Got systems, got operations, got 
again, it's absolutely, it's systems. Yes. Right? Yes. And, and regarding the hiring, it's a very good point, but you know what? It's not just hiring. It's marketing too. It's basically any part of your business that you want to grow. You always, you always need to invest before the results are there. And the people who are not willing to do that, they need to see the results first, are going to hold themselves back. And they're the ones who are always playing small. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go big or go home, that you need to take a massive amount of risk in order to be successful. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is that which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's the chicken. It's the egg every time, right? The, the, you need to hire people to make room for the new clients to come in. Right. Because what happens is, is that if you're if you don't have the capacity to serve them, then subconsciously you are doing things to sabotage your success along the way that manifests itself. And maybe I'm not actually doing any marketing or I'm having sales conversations, but I'm never following up with them or I'm following up with them. But then when they when they actually want to sign on, I like I put things into the contract. I create I create you know these different um, traps along the way to kind of get them to be like you know I don't really enjoy this process I'm going through. Let me I'm going to go work with somebody else. Yeah. And then somebody who makes it through all of that, they become a client. Okay, I'll I'll work with them. Right. And we don't realize we're doing that, but the reason that we're doing that is because we are not confident that we can actually serve them. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's and and that shows up in so many different places. But if you had capacity and now you need to fill that capacity, all of a sudden you've got this fire under your butt to get things done. And now you're motivated. You're going to go out there and you're going to win those clients. You're going to find them by hook or by crook. I'm going to find a way to keep that truck busy. That's right. Exactly. By, by hook or by crook. I'm going to find a way to keep this attorney busy. And I'm going to go and I'm going to find every single way to get clients so that this attorney's busy. And somehow we manage to work harder to get somebody else busy than we do to keep ourselves busy. Yeah. And so the marketing has to be that we have this, this vision. We understand where we're going and we understand what we need. And now we're going to invest to get to that point. People don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to spend $2,000 in Google pay-per-click advertising, right? But if you wake up and you say this month, I need to bring in 20 clients, those 20 clients are going to translate into $100,000 of business for me. So I'm okay spending $4,000 on pay-per-click to get those people into the door. Right. Absolutely. Is that vision? I don't have it today, but I see the future. I understand what this is going to make possible. So I'm going to make that investment. And we need to do that with people. We need to do that with technology. We need to do that with marketing. Now understand, I, I'm a profit first professional. I don't know if you're familiar with the book, Profit First, totally. it's sitting on the shelf behind me, um, Mike McAllowitz. It's the same idea with cash yes. as is with everything else. And the problem that people have wrapping their head around is, well, if I don't have the cash in the bank, then how do I make this investment? And that's, that's where, you know, we can, we can talk in theory about, oh, just go out and hire somebody. It'll, everything else will fall into place. Don't worry about it, right? But where's the money coming from? So here's the thing. You have to be willing to invest in yourself. And investment comes from different places. Savings, loans, um, partners that have money, family and friends, right? There's different places we can get money from to invest in our business. But if you're a doctor setting up a doctor's office, 
right? Imagine if you said, well, when I get patients, then I'll start buying examining tables and then I'll start buying blood pressure cuffs and then I'll start buying the, the tools that look in people's eyes and noses, right? You can't do that. Right. You got to spend a qu- three quarters of a million dollars and outfit your office and then you can start to see patients. Right. How do you correlate putting your profit first when you have an investment required in order to make money? Mm-hmm. Well, you have to separate those two. Profit first is a system to help you manage your cash in the day-to-day operations of your business. But when you need a capital investment in your business, that needs to be treated separately as a capital investment and you need to plan for it. Doesn't happen by itself, doesn't happen overnight. And if you don't have all those other things I mentioned, you don't have family and friends, you don't have access to loans, you don't have a partner who's gonna, who's gonna bring in money, guess what? You gotta save for it. Right. So you gotta start squirrel. You gotta know that I need to have six six thousand in the bank, ten thousand in the bank to hire somebody. And in order to hire somebody, in order to grow, I need to hire somebody. Well, guess what? I need to I need to live on ramen noodles. I need to right. say no to vacations. I need to figure out how to take every penny I'm making and put it into the savings account so that I can get that person hired because that's gonna unlock growth. Right. That's gonna allow me to go to the steakhouse. Right. Yeah. And it's having that vision that, that motivates. And, and I mean, we can stay here forever. Um, what I want to do is transition. Let's, so let's say somebody does this and they start generating revenue. They generate profit Mm -hmm. three, five years down the road. Things look a lot better in their business. Now they're making money. Let's talk about that generational wealth. Let's talk about what, what your, your passion is, what your mission is. How, how do you, how do you like to counsel people about You've got this wealth. Let's pour it all back into the business. Let's go buy a yacht or let, let's pass it on to new generations and make an impact. Let's uh, tell me what you think about that generational wealth and right. how an impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the one thing that I do, even in the business planning side, is I have my clients identify their needs, their desires, and their dreams. Okay. Okay. So if you start off and, and, and you know you're like okay I'm 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 bringing in I'm bringing in no revenue I'm brand new or I'm bringing in a hundred thousand in revenue which means that probably because I'm not running my business the way I should I'm I'm bringing home twenty thousand in profit and I sh- probably should be at fifty thousand right yep. so I'm taking home twenty grand from my business and I, I don't really have much to show for it well what's your mortgage payment what is what's your grocery bill what are what are the numbers that I need to cover if I cover these numbers then I can live life. Yep. I'm not, it's not fancy. It's not, you know, those are my needs. The first thing that we need to do is we need to make sure our needs are covered. Then we're like, okay, now what are the things that are desires that are really important to you? Like saving for retirement, saving for a kid's college, um, you know, buying a better car, upgrading your house to something a little bit bigger, a little bit nicer. Uh, You know, that goes in the desire column. Those are the things that I really want to do these things. Like if I had any extra money, that's where it would be going. And then there's the dreams, the yacht, the, the Malibu summer home, the, you know, those other things that, Oh, I, you know, if I had a million dollars, this is what I would do with it. Right. And we can't, if I had a million dollars was a saying a long time ago. Now it's like, (laughs) if I have a billion dollars, that's right. right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Million ain't going to buy you a whole lot. If you want, if you want to be set for retirement for life, you probably need to have 
to, in today's money, you probably need to have somewhere between three and $4 million in the bank at the time of retirement to live off of retirement and not run out of money before you, before you die, assuming, you know, age longevity or whatever. That's a, that's a big nut to crack. So when you ask the question about generational wealth, it's like, okay, first we have to cover your needs. Then you have to cover your desires. And then we can start talking about, okay, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. Right? So, and when you start making money, something else comes into play, which we don't talk about a heck of a lot. And that's taxes. Taxes are the biggest expense in your business. You don't even look at it as a business expense because it doesn't show up on your PL if your accounting is being done properly, if your bookkeeping is being done properly, right? Your taxes are being paid probably on your personal tax return and out of your personal bank account. So you're like, oh, wow, we made $50,000. Here comes the IRS. Here comes New York State or whatever state you live in. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, here's the, write me a check for 30 grand. Well, oh, I only made $20,000? Like, well, what happened? Yeah. So when you start making $500,000 in a year, a million dollars in a year, and all of a sudden 500,000 is going out the door, 600,000 is going out the door in taxes, you start to pay attention to that. Yeah. So taxes is something that's really, really important to start focusing on as soon as you're really, as soon as you start a business, you really need to understand um, taxation and how it works so that you understand how to be strategic with what you're buying, how you're buying it, things like that. But it's when you get over the $100,000 earnings mark and as a business owner, where things really start to get exciting when it comes to taxes. And I know I'm an accountant, I'm a nerd like that. Um, but we, you, can really, you can really do some strategic things to start to prevent the IRS or the state from getting access to all those earnings that you're throwing off. So that's really important to pay attention to. But then it's like, okay, so... I, I have all these boxes checked. I've got a good tax um, planning uh, accountant that I'm working with, and we're doing all the strategies. I've got my needs taken care of. I've got my desires taken care of. I even have, I've even got some of my dreams knocked out. Now I'm like, okay, what else? What else is my purpose in life? Oh, I've got kids. I've got grandkids, or I'm going to have grandkids. I want to set them up for the future. Yeah. What do I do? Well, if everything is tied up in your business, now, assuming you could sell the business, that could be one strategy. Okay, I've got assets there, right? But if everything's tied up in the business, then how do they get access to it? What, what, what happens when you're gone? And that's where I think we need to start thinking about diversification and what are some other places where we can, now that we have money, how do we make the money make money? Yep. And it's very tempting to just put it back to work in our business and in the beginning stages, that's probably the best use of your money. But once your business has gotten to a certain point, it probably is going to take a very large amount of money to make a big difference in the business. And you can start to take that money and put it to work elsewhere to earn money on its own. Uh, you know, if you can figure out how to, the stock market's only going to earn you 10, 15, 12% if you're, you know, if you're just a buy and hold investor. But what if you learned how to be an options trader? Or what if you learned how to, how to buy real estate? Now, there's so many different strategies when it comes to real estate, but real estate is an awesome tool because many real estate strategies have tax advantages to them. So uh, you're already doing some tax work, at, you know, tax strategy stuff at the same time. But real estate is very interesting because it allows you to, do, to, to apply leverage if you have the risk tolerance for it. It's not for everybody. 
but it'll, it allows you to take $50,000 and get a $500,000 asset or a $300,000 asset, collect rent on it, have price appreciation, and you've got this beautiful scenario where you've got cash coming in through the door, the value of your assets increasing over time, but from a tax perspective, you're actually writing it down over time. Yeah. Um, and it creates this, this wonderful scenario. Now, clearly things, are, things might change if Biden <laughs> changes the, the tax code and all, you know, all these conversations about the best places to invest based on understanding. And people, when you're, when you're not earning the money, you don't understand why tax is so important. But when you're looking at two investment strategies and one's going to give you a 20% return and the other's going to give you a 10% return, but the 10% return is tax-free and the 20% return, you're, you're being taxed at 60%. Yeah. All of a sudden, the 10% return is actually a better investment than right. the 20% one, right? So uh, you really need to understand and have an eye on that as you, you look at this, at, you know, at this situation. But ultimately, when you're creating generational wealth, it could literally be money in a savings account, yeah. right? But how do I set it up so that I'm not only providing money to the future generation, but I'm providing financial education in the process? Beautiful. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to have grandchildren who are rich, spoiled grandchildren who are not going to work a day in their life because their grandparent made it. Right. You that's know, and and that's not the end goal. Yeah. So you want to you want to actually do things like have some real estate that you can then make them the landlord of, right? I'm going to hand off this house to you. When I die, this, these four rental homes are going to be yours. Yeah. Now, when I give, if I give it to you at, at my passing and not before that, we get stepped up basis and in, in, yeah. in the cost of it, we, we don't pay any taxes on the gains on those, on, you know, on those houses, which is a beautiful thing. So we, we, that's a tax strategy. And at the same time, we've now left money to the next generation, but it's not in a bank account. They can just spend it. Yep. They have to work it. They have to, you know, they, they can turn around and sell it if they want and, you know, do something with that money. But uh, you know, it, it's, it's not just, Hey, I'm handing over the keys to a bank account. It's not here's here's a million dollars in cash. It's here's a million dollars of assets. And hopefully we've taught them how to think about investments, money and things so that they can take that, parlay it into four million of assets to pass on to the next generation. But teaching along the way, because the last thing you want to do, I think, is hand your kids four million dollars of cash and go ha, have fun. That if you haven't yeah. taught them it's going to be gone in a very short period of time. But if you teach them, and that's that generational wealth piece, it's education. And how do I transfer wealth from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next? And everybody takes a step up because they understand. And they understand it's not for them primarily. Sure, you benefit, yep. but you pass it yep. on. And, and it's and you have to look for you have to look for the opportunities to make this an educational piece. I my my daughters. Uh, so I have I have a very interesting household. I got married very young, uh, had three daughters, got divorced, got married again, have two kids with my second marriage. So I've got a 21, 19, and 18 year old, and then I've got a five and a three year old. So my older girls, when when they started working in the summer and started working on day camps and collecting money from that. I made a deal with them and I said, you know, now that you're earning money, you actually are eligible to put money into a Roth IRA. You're not being taxed on your money because you're not earning enough to be taxed on it. 
Um, so this is a prime opportunity to put money into a vehicle that's never going to have tax taken on it, um, you know, as long as it's in there. And so I, I, I told him, I said, you, if up to 50% of the money you made, if you put it in there, I will match it 100%. So essentially, you get to, you can keep half of what you earned, you put half away for later, and you will have put away everything you earned for later and still had half to keep, right? Um, it's kind of like the 401k match on steroids, yeah, yeah, right? So uh, I did that for my kids and, and they're, they're all smart and, and took advantage of the offer and maxed out what they can put in. But what's interesting is, is that then I, I showed them what the stock market is and I explained to them different companies. And I said, look, this is not the way that you should invest in the future, I want you to learn what the power of owning one company can be. And I chose Facebook at the time uh, because I saw the where digital marketing was going. And so each of my girls owns shares of Facebook in their Roth IRA that they bought for under $100 a share. It's trading right now over $300 a share. They've tripled their money. And it's just been a few years. It's not, I mean, a right. few, a few as many, right? right. Uh, it's, it's probably about five years since they made that investment. Um, but there's, a, there's so much education in that. Yeah, very much so. You know, and, who, and who's, who's a college student with a, with a few thousand dollars in their Roth IRA? It's, right. not a, it's not a lot, right? In the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. You know, what is a lot not the is point is the education, their understanding. And that's what I, I, I'm hoping that's what our listeners are getting here. It's even, even going back to the very beginning of where we started, Moshe, is it's, it's not that you have to have a business that's doing a million dollars a year to be successful, right? It's, it's the understanding of how can I do that? Because once you understand from a business perspective how to do that, you can replicate that anywhere. Okay, your greatest resource is really your ability to generate revenue and opportunities. You learn how to do that by connecting with people like you and understanding. We teach that to our kids in a different way. So they learn, you know, we've homeschooled our kids. So I've got, I'm, I'm a similar, I've been married 31 years to the same wife, but I've got uh, a 25 year old son, a 22 year old son. And then we, we did foster care and adoption. So now I've got a 12 year old daughter and a 10 year old daughter. So I got that big gap, right? It's teaching them how to do this, how to live life, because I am going to be gone one of these days. And if yeah. I'm equipping them with the understanding of how, how to live life, again, not just for myself, but putting the needs of others ahead of my own and saying, how do I, how do I not only hire employees, how do I pay them well so they're not starving to death? How do I serve my clients well? And realizing the profit that comes back to me in my business, yes, it's for me and I can enjoy a wonderful life, it's also for others and it's passing it on generationally, not, not simply through my family either, but teaching other people kind of what you're doing here. And, and when we first started, you said, man, if I can make a difference in anybody's life, it's a good day. It's kind of yeah. what it took for me. I'm like, that's the attitude we need to have instead of what's my bank account balance today. What's my bank account. It's like, who cares? I mean, at one level, we got to look at that, but that's <laughs> not the end goal. It's the giving and the equipping. And that's, that's what I really wanted to, to, to wrap this up with what give us a parting thought if somebody's out there in business owner or not what how do you how do you, how do you help somebody take that next step to have that vision to go you know this is achievable step by step what how would you wrap this whole thing up for somebody yeah honestly the the the, the way to wrap it up is is because is is simply people people lack vision mm. right 
of, and it's not vision of what's possible. It's vision of what you want, right? I, there's a book that you have to read. It's Living Forward by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy. Um, everybody go listen to it. I, I read it. I'm sorry. Go read it. It might be on Audible. Go listen to it. But this is not the kind of book that you read, you know, and in passing and you put it aside. It has actual exercises that you need to do. It, the, the entire book is about creating your, planning your life. It's not just, so I talked about planning your business. This is about planning your life. One of the exercises that he has you do in there is to write your own eulogy. And this is where, where I want you to, to do this, this exercise. Imagine you have a billion dollars in the bank, 10 billion, whatever the number is that would make everything that you can possibly think of that you can possibly want already taken care of. What are you doing with the rest of your life? Yeah. What's your purpose? That's great. If we take money out of the equation and just say, you have it, you have everything that you want. What are you here for? What, when you are on your deathbed and you are getting to reflect on your life, hopefully you don't have a tragic end of life that, you know, it's just gone, but you actually get an opportunity to reflect and, and, and be proud of what you created. What is the eulogy that you want people to be saying at your funeral that will make you feel like this was a life well-lived and I feel like I did the best that I could with my time on earth? And that's where you need to approach everything you do. I'm not saying wake up every day. Okay. Today may be your last, you know, that, that kind of thing. I think that that's a very tough place to live from, but I do think that you need to know what the end goal is. It's kind of like back to full circle, back to the beginning of our conversation, where when it comes to your business, you need to know what's my plan. What, where do I want to go so I can get there with life? What's my plan? What is important to me? Is it important to me to change the world? Is it important to me to leave a legacy for my children? Is it important to me to just have a lot of friends? What, what where are my values? What is, what is going to allow me to say, I have done what I wanted to do on this earth. And for some people, it's just, I have taken advantage of everything that earth has given me. Right. I got, I travel the world, yep. you know, like that's okay. where your motivation has to come from. My, my thing of generational wealth it's not for everybody. That's right. There are people who don't have kids. They don't care. That's right. And that's there okay. are people who have kids. There are people who have kids. They don't care. Right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. it, but it, have, you have to choose your thing. Yeah. Yep. Having that vision and li- living for that vision every day, just to remind myself, why do I do what I do every single day? That brings that motivation to make a difference. To, to stay focused on those 90 day goals, to do the one thing, it all comes back to that. That's what I love. And, and you, you spoke about that throughout this entire episode and, and, and interview is just vision. Going back to the business, having the vision, going back to generational wealth. What is your vision? I love that. Uh, Living Forward is that book. Um, Moshe Amsel, dude, we could talk for days. You, you and I have a lot Absolutely. in common and I love how you think I love how you communicate and you've brought tons of value today. And I know uh, I, I've been blessed, but I know my, my audience is going to be as well. How can somebody, I mean, if they want more information about you, your podcast, where would they go just to hear more about you? Yeah. So, I mean, the, my main project right now is the Profit With Law podcast. And you can go to ProfitWithLaw.com and you'll see all, you know, our blog there has all the latest episodes. I'm actually pulling it up on my podcast player right now because 
I want to point you to a specific episode that is relevant to what we just shared. Uh, so I'm going to go back here. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of episodes around this topic, but um, episode 197 released on April 13th, living, living your legacy today instead of someday. So you could do profitwithlaw.com forward slash 197. It'll take you straight there. Um, and that episode is all about this idea that everything that we do today is so that someday we can, we'll make it right. Mm. And even in this episode, I, I I'm afraid that somebody might take away from this, not to enjoy the process. Right. Oh, so I, we don't have enough time to go into that, but go check out that episode. Even if you're not an attorney and, and, and that's not talking to, you know, honestly, if you go listen to profit with law podcast and just replace lawyers and, and law firms with your business, you'll enjoy the show. It's going so, to be, uh, yeah, that's um, okay. I'll put that episode in the show notes so people can find that. Cause I think that'll be a really awesome. good listen for people. Cause that really summarizes and, 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 uh, encapsulate what I think you're all about. So, uh, Moshe, thank you so much, sir, for being on here. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Let's stay in touch and uh, maybe do another one of these in the future. Absolutely. Michael, it's been my pleasure. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit with, with your audience. Uh, folks, it's been it's been a pleasure, um, and I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm going to I'm going to help you wrap up this episode because they might hear it from you, but it's coming from you, right, guys? When somebody's checking out Michael's show and they're deciding whether to listen to it, you may not realize it, but they're paying attention to the ratings and reviews on the podcast. It takes two seconds for you to literally go in your podcast player and click write a review, give five stars, and write why you love this show. So. Just take a moment right now and do that because that's going to allow other people to gain the benefits of Michael's show. And with that, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. You're welcome, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.